0: E S N Y. All right, what's going on? Welcome back, episode thirty-eight of the Wide Right podcast. I am your host, Ryan Honey. As always, of Elite Sports New York and the Elite Sports Radio Network, lots to uncover today. Injury news, Giants Rams preview. Just got um, just watched the NBA Finals last night. Recording this on Thursday. Thursday, um, excuse me, Thursday afternoon. Watched Game 1 of the NBA Finals last night And it's interesting how After this series we don't know When we'll be getting the NBA back uh, We With all the concerns regarding this virus Still to this day It's crazy how it's gone on this long We don't know when we're going to be get, be getting NBA back Are they going will, to will It will be January, February, March, December We have no idea I saw a tweet Regarding that recently um, you know, it's, we got this series, uh, should be a good series, looks like the Lakers sort of have, have the momentum definitely after last night's win, but they don't know what's going to go on with the NBA, are they going to utilize a bubble system, are the players even going to agree to a bubble system for the entire regular season, um, or at least in the majority of the regular season of next year, uh, are they going to, you know, play it normally, and have teams travel like the NBA or excuse me the MLB and the NFL is doing? We don't know. So it's I guess look forward to these last couple of NBA games because we have no idea when we're going to be able to get that back. Um, but segue and in, segueing into the actual content I had planned for this episode, the Jabril Pepper injury news. Now we don't really know. At this moment in time, as I'm recording this, on Thursday afternoon, whether Jabril Peppers will be playing this Sunday against the Los Angeles Rams. He suffered a low ankle sprain in the loss of the 49ers. And um, he didn't practice on Wednesday of this week. We don't, we, And we don't know if he'll be ready to go Sunday. My guess is there's definitely a significant chance he does not play. And he's had it. He's had a history with um, he's had an, a history with injuries. Peppers missed the final five games of last season with a transverse process fracture that led to the, you know, sort of rise of Julian Love. Uh, and uh, but he, have him not being healthy and on the field does affect this giant secondary. Don't think it doesn't at all. This defense, this secondary was definitely affected when, uh, after Peppers left the loss to the 49ers early. Nick Mullins threw for 343 yards. If Nick Mullins is throwing for 343 yards, what in the world is Jared Goff going to do? An actual, uh, established starting quarterback. A starting quarterback who's led his team to the playoffs. And a starting quarterback who's won games. And a starting quarterback who's led his team to the Super Bowl. If Nick Mullins is throwing for 343 yards... Uh, against the Giants secondary Sands, Jabril Peppers, what's Jabril, What's uh, Jared Goff going to do? And I guess to counter this, you know, Peppers being out for this Sunday's game potentially, my guess is the Giants are going to possibly promote Sean Chandler from the practice squad to the active roster if he can't go. Even if Jabril can go, even if, Pe- if Peppers is healthy and can play on Sunday against the Rams, my guess is the Giants are going to promote Sean Chandler anyway, that's just my guess, they'll promote him for depth purposes, but if Peppers can't go, I would definitely expect the Giants to promote someone like Sean Chandler and uh, would Chandler start? In my opinion no because I think if Peppers wouldn't if Peppers isn't able to go on Sunday there's a chance they could have Logan Ryan back there at the strong safety spot alongside Julian Love at free safety, or have them switch Julian Love does have uh, experience playing the strong safety position like he did last year in the absence of Peppers in the final five games of last year. So they'd have Logan Ryan and Julian Love at the two safety spots. James Bradbury, obviously, who's been great for the most part for the Giants at the starting cornerback spot. Darney Holmes in the slot. Uh, and then the other opposite, the other outside start, starting cornerback spot, we don't know at this point. Could be Isaac Yadam, who struggled mightily against the uh, the 49ers had the third lowest offensive pro football focus grade for the Giants with 44. Or they could have Ryan Lewis, who ended up replacing him when Yadam began to struggle. Uh, it's, I, f- I feel like it's going to be either one of those two. Or they could go back to Corey Ballantine, despite the fact that Corey Ballantine struggled mightily the first two games of the year. Uh, they could possibly put Darnie Holmes at the outside corner spot and have someone like Yadam or Ballantine in the slot. They could do a number of things. If they don't, if they don't have Logan Ryan back at safety, they could have Logan Ryan basically anywhere they need him. Considering Logan Ryan is very versatile, and there's too much value within Logan Ryan to really hold him to just one spot. Uh, but they could do a number of different things. I think they would do a number of different things before they would start Sean Chandler um, in this game, especially against you know a Rams uh, this Rams offense. Uh, but you know th- this. The the secondary's got to step up though. They're obviously secondary is good the first two games, but this past Sunday against Mullins, it was just horrendous. When you're letting Nick Mullins throw for three hundred forty three yards against you, that ain't great, man. That ain't great whatsoever. That's not gonna fly in this league. Not to mention Mullins was out was without George Kittle, was without Tevin Coleman, was without Raheem Mostert. The 49ers as a whole were without who? Solomon Thomas, Nick Bosa, Richard Sherman, all on IR, D Ford, Dre Greenlaw, and they still won 36-9. No, I'm I'm still not over this. But this regardless, Peppers, in the game or not, this secondary is gonna have to step up one way or another, especially against this Rams. Um, offense, uh, if they want to turn the season around at all. Because right now, it's looking like the Giants are going to go 1-15 in 15 maybe at best. I said this when I recorded on Sunday after the 49ers lost. I don't. I think they have the potential right now, looking at this team right now, I think they have the potential to win one game. One of the two Redskins games. Not the Bengals. I don't think they're going to beat the Bengals. One of these two Redskins games. But, regardless everyone is going to need to step up from a coaching standpoint to a player standpoint everyone's going to need to you know work together to flip this season around turn this season around and it starts with this game upcoming against the Rams so the Giants will travel to the rest the west coast take on the Rams at that beautiful SoFi Stadium uh, in um, in California. It's crazy. Every time these new te- these teams come out with new stadiums, whether it's the Rams and Chargers or the Raiders in Vegas, it makes me think each and every time of just how bland and boring and unappealing MetLife Stadium is. Um, every time there's a new stadium, whether it's the ones I just mentioned or Atlanta a couple years ago, uh, I forget who else is that stadium. There, there's been a couple new stadiums, I feel like, in recent years. It just makes you think how Boring MetLife Stadium is. MetLife Stadium may be the most boring stadium in the entire league. I'm not kidding, and I know there are definitely so many people who would agree with me on that. A absurd amount of people would agree with me on that. Probably everybody. We're going to be completely and totally honest. I think everybody would agree with me on that. But enough about the stadium. Giants take the Rams on. Take on the Rams at four or five p.m. Eastern Time, this will be a much tougher game than the one against the 49ers backups. This is a fantastically coached team. Not that the 49ers aren't. The 49ers are also a fantastically coached team, led by Kyle Shanahan. But Sean McVeigh has a great coaching staff, and this team and this coaching staff will look to take advantage of all the Giants' weak spots. And boy, there, there are more than a few weak spots in and around this Giants team and this Giants roster. This defense, this Rams defense, will hone in on Daniel Jones with no Saquon Barkley or Sterling Shepard to worry about, and they will bring the pressure. Aaron Donald going up against Nick Gates and Will Hernandez is not going to be a pretty sight. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's not going to be a pretty sight for the Giants. A guy who, uh, Hernandez, who struggled, uh, Nick Gates, who's also struggled and is inexperienced, has only played three games thus far in his career, in his NFL career at center. Going up against the best defensive lineman in the league, not going to be a pretty sight for the Giants. Let's just preface that early. I don't even think I needed to preface it. I think that's a given. It's not going to be great for the Giants in that area of the game. Uh, I can't see this offensive line succeeding versus the Rams front seven. I know I'm the one that says we need to be patient with this offensive line and I still think we do. You know, it takes a, it's 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 tough to build chemistry and gel together as an offensive line, especially when there's three new pieces on the offensive line in Cameron Fleming, Nick Gates and Andrew Thomas, and there's also two guys on the offensive line Andrew Thomas and Nick Gates who had no pro experience prior to the season at their respective positions Nick Gates at center and Andrew Thomas at left tackle and it's tough to build chemistry when there wasn't an offseason there was you know the offseason was basically shot there was no mini camp OTAs rookie camp no preseason the training camp was very weird and unusual you know everything going on you know outside of football with this pandemic and it's it was very you know it's It was tough for them to build that chemistry. It's tough for them to build this chemistry early. That's why I think we need to be patient with them. But regardless of that, regardless of my opinion of how we need to keep the patience going with them, I just can't see this offensive line succeeding against this Rams front seven. Going up against guys like Aaron Donald, as we just said, Leonard Floyd. I just don't see any success coming for the Giants in that area of the game this Sunday. To say the least, this Giants' offensive line contains some flaws, and I think the Rams' uh, this Rams' front seven will be coached to exploit those flaws uh, to the fullest extent uh, come Sunday. And uh, and even if the Giants go with like a two tight end set, uh, which I would assume they, you know, Jason Garrett loves to use his tight end, so I would assume that would be in the mix, or an extra pass blocker in the back in the backfield. Uh, whether that's you know Elijah Penny, who's more of a fullback, or they put two running backs back there, whether that be you know Gallman and Deion Lewis, or have Devontae Freeman in the mix, uh, regardless of what they do, I just cannot see the pass blocking or the run blocking for that matter uh, succeeding against this Rams front seven on Sunday. So what we've seen from this Giants offense thus far in the year, expect it to be much of the same, unfortunately, come this Sunday. Sorry, I'm just, that's my honest opinion. I think that it's going to be much of the same uh, on Sunday. And, you know, it's, which is sad because, one, the impatience within these fans is, you know, it's growing. My impatience is growing. And this Rams defense isn't even that fantastic. They're 18th in total defense, uh, 21st in passing defense, 18th in rushing, uh, 13th in uh, scoring. 32.7 points allowed per game. But regardless of that, regardless of any of those numbers and any of those statistics, this Giants offense can't do anything at all. There's no running game. They're last in rushing. 56.7 yards per game. Expect that to become even worse if this offensive line doesn't improve and with the absence of Saquon Barkley. They're 26th in passing, 31st in scoring, 31st in total offense. I mean, 272.3 total yards per game. 12.7 points per game. It's horrendous. You know, Thankfully, the Jets are worst in either category. But it doesn't change the fact that this Rams defense isn't stellar compared to other defensive units in this league. But I just don't see the Giants having any success towards them because that's how bad the Giants offense is. That's how bad the Giants offensive line is right now. And as I said, patience should be had right now. Patience should be held within you right now in this Giants offensive line, which would be which is going a improved offensive line is going to lead to an improved offense. But it's only a matter of weeks where you start to, you know, question everything really. Right now let's have patience. In a couple weeks, if the losing continues, which I believe it'll continue, you know, this coming Sunday, then I think we have a real issue. Um you know, but again, they they can't do anything. Jones could be good when he has time, but he never does. You know, no one can get open. Jones can't even extend plays with his offensive line. And, you know, as I've said multiple times in, uh, you know, other episodes, the Giants just don't have any stars. They don't have any stars. They don't have any legitimate talent. So their one star is done for the year. Uh, you know, Slayton can be good. But, you know, the last two weeks he's kind of disappeared. Uh... Evan Engram could be good when he's healthy, when he's healthy and not dropping passes. You know, those two don't exactly overlap much. So they just don't have any start, they don't have any game changers. That's what Odell was so good at. He was so good at changing the tempo of the game in one play. Snap of a finger. Slant route takes to the house, momentum shifts. The Giants don't have any players like that. Saquon so was that type of player, he's gone. For the year. So, uh, and then on the defensive side of the ball, I know I've been given this same game plan uh, for a little bit now. But until the Giants actually utilize this type of game plan and do it effectively and efficiently and successfully, I'm not going to shut up about it. Simple as that. Okay, The Giants are going to need to utilize the pass rush consistently. Okay, I'm going to keep saying this until they do so. They didn't pressure Mullins and he lit it up. If they don't pressure Jared Goff, what do you think he's going to do? You know They have a tough situation in the secondary as well. Because if Bradbury follows Cooper Cup, that would leave Isaac Yadam or Ryan Lewis with Robert Woods. Or vice versa. If they want Bradbury following Robert Woods, that would leave Isaac Yadam or Ryan Lewis with Cooper Cup. And either way, that's a mismatch. But you know what? Again... That's what happens when a team with no talent faces a team that actually does have talent okay and if Peppers as I've said as I said before if Peppers doesn't play think you're gonna have Logan Ryan um, you know cover Logan Ryan or Julian love lock in on Tyler Higby or J- Gerald Everett whichever tight end is in the game and have the other one play deep you know if love carries if love covers the tight end, then you have Logan Ryan play the deep part of the field, or vice versa. Uh, but I think the main job for this Giants defense in this game, they're going to need to contain the run. LA loves to run the ball. They've done it 111 times through three games. That leads the league. Okay, 111 times they've run the ball. And that's even with Todd Gurley gone. You know, They love to run the football. That means Blake Martinez is going to need to step up. Who had Blake Martinez, who's been good thus far for the most part, but he had a down, uh, he had a you know not so great game against San Francisco. He's going to need to step up. Devontae Downs, inside linebacker, is going to need to prove that he's worth having on the field, which he really hasn't done thus far on the year. And this defensive line is also going to need to step up against this Rams' offensive line, uh, which has helped Los Angeles become the fourth leading rushing team in the league. Rams are now Rams are fourth in the NFL 170 excuse me 170.3 rushing yards per game. This inside linebacker group, this defensive line group, this front seven as a whole is going to need to step up and contain the run. Okay? This run defense needs to come together for the Giants. It's allowed 123 rushing yards per game up to this point which is 20th in the league. You know, this front seven is really Hasn't when it comes to defending the run, they really have not done a great job. James Conner was hurt for the Steelers in Week One, left the game. Benny Snell came in and went off on this front seven. They got to come together. They got to step up, and they got to stop the run. They need to take away this Giants' defense as a whole. Needs to take away what Sean McVay likes to do the most. They got to force the long third downs and then they got to pressure Goff effectively and efficiently, as I said before. And I'm not saying send three or four guys. I'm saying send five or six guys. This team has pass rushers. We've seen this pass rush already improve from last year already. I know that's not saying much because the pass rush has been dreadful for the Giants in the last two seasons, Um, but this pass rush has already stepped up and been better than they were last year already. And they have guys who can rush the quarterback. Lorenzo Carter can rush the quarterback. Marcus Golden's been quiet this year, but we know he can rush the quarterback. He led the, he led the team last year with 10 sacks. Kyler Fackerl can do it. O'Shane Zimenez. Blake Martinez from the inside linebacker spot. Leonard Williams can rush the quarterback. Dexter Lawrence can. Dalvin Tomlinson can as well. They have some they have guys who can get to the quarterback. They need to take advantage of that strength. They can't just overlook them rushing the passer. They can't just send three or four guys. They need to send a plethora of bodies. Towards Jared Goff. Okay, on those long third downs, contain the run, force the long third downs, and then pressure Goff effectively, because if they pressure him, he will make mistakes. I say it every single week, every week, whether whether it's against Jared Goff, whether it's against Mitch Trubisky, um, Ben Roethlisberger, or Nick Mullins you gotta pressure the quarterback. Any quarterback, whether it's a practice squad guy or an All-Pro, can make throws and make plays if they have time in the pocket. You can't let the quarterbacks, the opposing quarterbacks, have time in the pocket. The Giants have done. The Giants have allowed quarterbacks to have all the time in the pocket thus far in the year. That needs to change. That 100% needs to change this Sunday. If they can do that, I'm not saying they're going to win the game, but they will at least, you know prove that they can improve in those regards. If they could just if they if they can just put some pressure on him. I'm not saying sack him. Just put some pressure on the quarterback. You know, it it'll work. You know, not putting much pressure on the quarterback hasn't really worked thus far. Keeping the majority of your, of your bodies in the secondary in the defensive backfield hasn't worked thus far. Switch it up. You know, Switch it up a little bit. Pressure the quarterback and good things will happen. At least in this league. Am I endorsing a Giants win? (laughs) No shot. No shot. I did so the last two weeks and they lost both times. I even said last week I endorsed a Giants win over the 49ers' backups. I actually thought they had a legitimate shot at winning the game. Uh, So many other people did. Obviously they did not win that game or even come close to it. Losing by 27 points. Uh, And I said... I endorsed a Giants win over the 49ers, and I said, if they don't win, I will not endorse a Giants win for the rest of the year. One, because I'm not confident, and two, because I'm trying to utilize reverse psychology and getting them to win uh, at least a couple games. So I am not endo—I am not endorsing a Giants win this Sunday. Uh, I think this Rams pass rush is going to expose the flaws of this Giants offensive line, and I think the other way around. I think the Rams offense is going to explode uh, expose the flaws of this Giants defense, just like the 49ers backups did. My prediction: 38 to 13 Rams. Um, I'm also recommending taking the over on this game, which I believe is still uh, 47 and a half. I uh, could be wrong on that, but I, I, uh, so I, I'm, I, I endorsed taking the over on this game. So I'm gonna say 38, 13 Rams. Get it to. Um, Fifty-one points. I think Jones has his first touchdown pass since Week One. I'll say it's to Slayton, because I mean, who else can he really throw to uh, at this point? Um, so the the over/under is 48. So I'd still you'd still be hitting the over. Jones has his first touchdown pass since Week One. I'll say it's to Slayton, uh, Graham Gano, uh, who's been the majority of the uh, Giants who's been responsible for the majority of the Giants' points, I believe, this year. i, I got to look the numbers on that. He was responsible for all the Giants' points last week. Uh, he'll knock through two more field goals, and the Giants will just not be able to contain the Rams uh, in Los Angeles. They'll fall to 0-4 on the year. And uh, Dave Gettleman will be even more on the hot seat than he already is. Uh, so, with that, thank you so much for tuning in to Episode 38 of the Wide Right Podcast. Follow me on Twitter, at Ryan Honey. E-S-N-Y That's at Ryan Honey E-S-N-Y Listen and subscribe to the podcast Wherever you get your podcasts Apple, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher Google Play, Google Podcasts We got it everywhere Uh, So thank you so much for tuning in once again And alright, I'm out of here